again and welcome to the Keep It Moving podcast. This is Doc Andrew Eccles and as always with me is Ben Eccles today. Um, we are going to dive right into our topic today and it is in regards to where we're calling it Words Matter. And and this is another thing that's very near and dear to uh, to myself uh, as a practitioner just because uh, it's something I deal with uh, every day at work and, and whether that's a direct conversation or indirect uh, it, it certainly continues to be very prevalent and affect how we manage care and how um, every client kind of views their their uh, their prognosis and their and their quote unquote diagnosis. So uh, it's certainly a, a big topic to uh, to dive deep into. So Ben, I want to just to lead off and ask you and any of your you know medical experience, uh, have you ever come across a scenario that a you know, a word or a phrase really stuck with you and resonated with you for for the good or the bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting topic because I think we're all kind of familiar with, you know, maybe some of the negative things that could be said in a treatment room or by a by a provider that might discourage progress or that might, um, you know, make people feel worse about themselves or put themselves in a certain light that maybe is not beneficial. Um, I've been lucky enough. I'm very grateful for this that um, you know both the providers that have um, treated treated me as well as the providers that I work with currently at my job are are very positive and they're very forward thinking and um, progress oriented um, you know meaning that they would never do something that could potentially harm that patient's progress or something like that but um, I think it's very well documented, well known that there are there are things and there are um, you know diagnoses and prognoses that can be said to a patient that you know might really hurt their progress. Absolutely, yeah, most definitely, and and uh, we'll certainly speak to a couple of those uh, today. But uh, I'm sure the list can be endless, and it really comes down to I'm sure what uh, you know what realm of practice you are in uh, medically. And also how you engage with patients, whether it's you know face to face or or virtual, um, or remote. The the ways that we hold ourselves and that we we use our vocabulary um, continues to be very important because when dealing with healthcare issues or pain or or you know fill in the blank there, um, people are 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 very attentive, and it's not that they weren't before, but they are becoming even more attentive now and and um really seeking out the the best care they can get now and, and they're just very uh invested in their their health care so when talking to different providers they're going to hang on to uh verbiage and um education differently so in that regard uh, let's let's get into a couple of those ben uh, i'd say uh, the first one I want to certainly talk about right away is is the the negative prognosis idea, and and this can come from any type of provider. But when an individual asks me, "Well, how long is this going to take to get better?" or you know, "How long will it take in general?" or "Or will this get better?" I think we have to be very careful with how we approach that answer because I have certainly had to talk some people off the ledge. Uh, in the PT clinic because they were told previously that their scenario was never going to improve. And I just wanted to pause for a second and, and have people think about, 
if you're told that you're never going to get better, how is how are you going to create a positive mindset around this? So now I'm sitting from this conversation uh, as the second person or third person or, or fifth person that they've now seen. And how do I break down those walls to say, hey, you know what? What we can do is this, this, and this. If we can meet those check boxes, then this can this can get better. We have a chance that this this outcome will improve. But I'm now having to peel back that onion and try to build that back up. Whereas before, if someone would have said that same thing, we would might have been in a different scenario. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like, and this is a very devious term but it's almost like it's sort of brainwashing right it's like they hear this and i don't think it's ever really intentional from a provider i I don't think that's what we're trying to come across as um you know trying to wave a finger or anything like that but there are these things that patients hear in the clinic or if they're doing a telehealth visit or something that you know they get that in their head and it sticks there so we need to be you know careful as um you know people in the healthcare field providers need to be careful with the way they're saying things and what they're saying because even if you know your intent is good it really it matters more how the patient receives it um and you know how they are internalizing it so uh andrew i'm sure you can talk about the ways that you confirm with your patients that they understand and that you confirm with the patients that you know what you're saying is truly being recognized and not being skewed or anything when it gets to the patient's ears Right. Yeah. And, and so I do try to do quite a bit of that is almost asking for a reiteration from, from the individual, because sometimes people can be listening to you, but again, creating this, this uh, negative mindset, it might just be going one in ear, one in one ear, excuse me, and out the other. And, and I could be trying to, you know, pep them up and say, no, you know what, this actually can get better and not be lying to them, but fit, but truly believing that it can get better. Um, but, but if they're wiping that out just from what's already inside their brain, then that message didn't get through. So I will ask them to repeat that back to me in some capacity. I won't, you know, I won't ask them to verbatim say my words back, but more of a, does that make sense? Are you on board with this? Do you believe in this? And if I, if I get a verbal confirmation of yes, I mean, then I know, I know they're there. I know their mindset's there. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, that's, a tactic that's used in a lot of different industries. Um, in a previous life, I was a I was a salesperson, and a, a major tactic that is used when you're a sales professional is having your client reiterate what you're saying because it it basically forces them to start believing it. Um, it's a really weird psychological trick, but it's used with you know teachers that teach younger kids as well. They have people or they have those kids um, you know repeat back what they're saying and repeat back how they understand it. So it works. It's not just you know just some frilly you know concept. It, it really is used in um, a lot of different ways and it it is truly effective right absolutely i think another one that i definitely wanted to make sure we touched on and this is this is something that i am speaking more to from the sake of how i want to perceive the message so i'm kind of that first line of defense um and and talking about the the resiliency of the body and and that the human body is is such a well-oiled machine that there are so many things that it can do and and tolerate that uh, a lot of people don't give it credit for. And granted, pain plays a big role in this. So if we you know have uh, non-specific low back pain, and anytime I twist or bend over, I just get this sharp pain in my back. You know, after going through an examination, evaluation, and and figuring out, okay, this is no red flags here. This is PT treatable. We're okay to stay and and work on this. 
um, educating that individual with this, you know, we can move and it will not make you worse. I think a lot of people get fear avoidant of that movement, which then mm-hmm. creates this cascade effect of every time I twist and it hurts, I'm doing something worse to my back. Well, the, again, the back and the spine is so resilient that we're definitely not creating more damage. It's just now a in the acute setting, there might be some inflammation or irritation at a localized level of whatever the tissue is that is that is bothered. But but um, that can easily change for the better. In a chronic setting, uh, it's actually been shown that that tissue is no. I mean, under any uh, imaging, is is most often um, not irritable and so it's more so that perception of pain just due to what we've created now and just that fear avoidance and and how that's continued to build up a new onion and so the way i use my my verbiage to talk to them about your you're not hurting yourself every time you feel that pain so you have confirmation that you're not making things worse your spine is very resilient and this will get better with you know xyz outline the program and off we go do you ever run into when you're, you know, talking about that and talking about the spine or talking about really any other part of the body, you know, the people that say, oh, I'm too old and I, I just won't recover, um, even if they hear what you're saying there and maybe they even believe it, but then they also believe that maybe they're too old or maybe they've had too many injuries or they've tried all these other things that haven't worked. How do you, how do you peel back that last, like resistance from from your patients right well i think that was a you know a two-part question so i'll answer it uh in two as well i think to the age the age point that's very uh definitely a prevalent piece to um my day-to-day because people will often um, succumb to the i'm just getting older or this is just getting older And, and i try to you know nip that in the butt pretty early because because though our body has physical changes as we age that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be accompanied with pain yes our our bones can get a little bit weaker our muscle mass can shrink um, our skin obviously will change all that but to the sake of pain it's not guaranteed that when we get older we will just have pain so uh, i always try to make sure i tell people you know age doesn't mean pain is coming along we can be just as as mobile as you were um, if not better, and it can all be pain-free. I don't think anyone should have to admit to pain. So, so that's certainly a big one, and, and you know, chopping that down right away so people can build up their self-confidence is huge. And then secondly, with the uh, question to you know, getting hurt often or this is a, a thing that keeps happening or um, someone who just is prone to potentially more injuries, the... And the, the biggest thing I don't want people to also assume is that it will continue to happen. I mean, usually when I'm seeing people with a recurring back problem or recurring neck pain or something like that, um, it's they will give me the story of, oh, it gets better and it gets worse. It gets better, it gets worse. And now it's just progressively getting worse. Well, it's that's also that negative mindset piece to where people will say, I don't think this will ever be better. and And I have to then educate and say, well, here's why it can, you know, I'm a huge fan of listing things out in in a checklist box because rather than, um, though I do believe physical therapy can help many, many things. I also have to make sure I'm humble and say it can't help everything. 
And so in that regard, I like to give people that, that checklist to say, all right, here's your issue. If we meet these four or five goals while you're working to get you back to where you want to be, you know, range of motion improves, you're able to uh, move this amount of weight in this setting, you're able to do this at home for um, longer than you ever could. That's all small little victories that lead up to the big win. And if we can meet those little victories, then you will get there versus saying, hey, you know what? You're certainly going to get there. I have no doubt about it. And being, you know, putting that 100% confidence on it. Well, lo and behold, if that ever comes back to me and they don't get better, then I look like the bad guy. So I'm always uh, I'm always in someone's corner for the sake of getting better because I, I do strongly believe there are many things that can continue to get better conservatively. But I also want to make sure that they view and, and objectively can see here's that checklist and then they can almost tick that off in their head to say oh there I met Andrew's first box and that checklist box two box three box four so on and so on so they can be like hey look yeah this isn't coming back awesome so it sounds like Andrew what you're saying is that this is something that's always on your mind when you're with a patient this isn't a second thought this isn't an afterthought this is a main point of care when you're working with a patient absolutely i mean in physical therapy of course the the word physical uh, it should be um, capitalized and underlined there because it, our a big part of our job is is movement and re-educating movement and optimizing movement but um another big part of, of the profession is education. And that comes down to how you describe things and what you are describing and what, what information you are providing. Because if, if someone uh, can create that positive mindset towards their, their negative um, bodily limitation, then they know how they can attack it. And they know that, hey, you know, even if there's going to be some ups and downs, I'm still going to get through this because this is the plan that was outlined and and it's going well so far. And, and so definitely to the sake of always having this on my mind with individuals day in and day out because it's almost more important to what I tell them than to what I'm physically doing or helping them with in some capacity. Right, yeah. And I, I, th- I think that's a extremely extremely important takeaway for both any any providers listening but also any any patient or any uh lay person that plans on ever being sick or injured in the future (laughs) um absolutely you know it's it's important to realize that this should be at the forefront of your provider's you know plan of care and if it's not then you need to ask some questions to yourself both is this is this care good enough for me? Am I getting what I'm paying or paying for, so to speak? Um, or do I need to go somewhere else? Um, but Andrew, if, if they want to stay with their provider, if they like them, if it's a primary care that they've always seen, if it's a family doc, whatever it is, can you give some, some pointers or some, um, things that a patient could bring to a provider, provider, excuse me, uh, to kind of make sure they're understanding it correctly, you know, questions that they can ask or things that they can clarify. Yeah, I, I think um, if it's somebody you trust, that, that is usually then someone who's already giving you the right information. So I, I'll start off with that. I mean, there's a big thing in healthcare and just that, that uh, you know, interprofessional or the, um, the patient to provider relationship. And uh, if you have a strong relationship with that provider and you do trust them, then then you should take their take their word for it more often than not. If it's someone that um, you 
are, are having you know mixed feelings about or or certainly in a new scenario where if you have a new injury or something different comes up in your in your you know in your health that um you're strongly questioning i i I do believe that there's something valuable in you know two opinions so if you uh are continuously you know worried about about something it could be worth it to see is there confirmation from two different people um but uh, some questions to bring up could certainly be if uh let's speak to the the musculoskeletal side of things because that's where that's where i can speak best to yep um if going to your primary care or a ortho specialist um, asking this, I think a great first question, not to toot physical therapy's horn, but is will physical therapy help this? Because it's been, it continues to show that um, one for your pocketbook, PT is uh, saving people money from the sake of um, not getting as many images and not having as many um you know, prescriptions and stuff like that, where if we can treat it conservatively and, and then also give you again, uh, more advocacy for yourself for the sake of, you know, getting better with your movement and, and getting stronger and more mobile, um, that it's a great route to go. Um, so asking that question of will, will physical therapy help this or, or can I have a prescription for physical therapy? I think other questions come up to the sake of, I mean, a outside of that realm from PT is um, will or what do you think the prognosis for this is or, or how long will this take to get better? Because there are certainly natural occurrences that just get better on their own. So it's a, a, to creating that mindset of, okay, here's when it should get better. And so then when somebody knows, well, it should take about eight weeks or so, if it doesn't get better by that time, then following up again and saying well what are our next options so then maybe that's where you ask the okay is physical therapy a good option here um or or, nutrition changes things like that or or do we have to go down the the surgical route or um uh, injection route but to the sake of knowing your prognosis or having an idea will then provide you of how you want to you know progress past that i think those are, are two good good ones and uh, I think a third good one could certainly be to the sake of what can I be doing outside of this to make it better? Because as a medical provider, we should be able to implement some type of, of change uh, for the better, for the sake of just, again, through our education of, oh, you could do this differently in your lifestyle. You could add this, you could remove this, but but being again, your own self-advocate and saying, how can I take it upon myself to change things? We should be able to, as medical providers, give that answer to some extent to start working towards uh, a better prognosis. Awesome. I think those are some, some gems that we, that we can share there and just making sure everybody is, you know, taking their health as seriously as possible and taking their relationship with their providers as seriously as possible. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, anything else for us before we head out? No, I, I'm glad we could touch on this today because, uh, again, words matter. And it, it's certainly uh, something that is very important to me. And, and it should uh, be important for, for all of us as we continue to try to uh, live uh, optimally and, and continue to do um, as much as we can for ourselves.
Yeah, 100%. If you have any questions about this podcast, about Words Matter, about any other topics that you might like to hear us talk about, you can reach out to us at keepitmovingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Andrew on Instagram and Twitter at Loom State Physio. Um, if you do like what we're talking about on the Keep It Moving podcast, we would appreciate it if you did subscribe, leave a review, any of that good stuff. But otherwise, until next time, keep it moving. Keep it moving.